Giants looking for a stop. What the hell's going on out here? They're going to air it out. Rodgers does this better than anybody. End zone. Cobb. Touchdown. everybody the preseason's over all the talking is done all the smoke has cleared the Packers have cut their roster down to 53 baby 53 who made it who didn't make it there were some surprises on this list I gotta say right off the bat uh but we're gonna talk about that and all of the the news of this crazy news cycle over the past week or so uh from the preseason, the final preseason game against the Los Angeles Rams, the signing of Ahmad Brooks, and, uh, of course, the final, the Packers' final cutdown day. A uh, lot of surprises there for me, and we'll, we'll get into that in uh, a bunch more here. We're kind of just going to kibitz back and forth uh, on this edition. You're going to get a two-for-one this week, uh, two, ep- two shows in the same week. This episode, we're pretty much going to recap the uh, the entire offseason season. <clears throat> The, the preseason, um, just kind of wrap it all up, put a bow on it, and get ready to go into our uh, our preview game coming up later this week as the Packers get set to take on the uh, Seattle Seahawks uh, in week one. Uh, but I'm Mike, joined as always by the man, the myth, the legend, you all know him, it's Titletown Ty. Ty, how you doing tonight, man? Oh, I'm doing good, Mike. It's good to be back on. I know we... We it was a whirlwind last week with trying to do a show and recap the Denver game, and then too many technical difficulties that we've switched programs. We're back on track, giving it a, a, a whirl with better stuff, and it's just yeah. been an eventful weekend. It's very eventful, and we got a lot to talk about. Yeah, it's been a very eventful week. We, as Ty said, we tried to do a show. To recap the Denver game, when was it? Last Tuesday, Wednesday? Uh, yeah, I believe it was Tuesday, and then everything just went straight to hell trying to record. But like I said, we're we're on a better wavelength now, I guess you could say. And yeah, we're back more in the professional, and ready to go. <laughs> we got a more professional setup now, sort of. Uh, but yeah, we tried to do the show last week. Got about 30 minutes into it. Covered uh, about 30 minutes of news topics. Uh, audio crapped out on us, so we lost, or I lost pretty much everything on my end that we had done for that 30 minutes. So I I just threw the headset down and said, to hell with it. I'm, we're moving on just to a, just to a better program. Um, and then, then by Wednesday, all the news had changed. Yeah. <laughs> The, Completely you know, irrelevant. The, the Ahmad Brooks stuff we were going to talk about. Should the Packers sign Joe Hayden, and then he ended up in Pittsburgh. So it was just like from yeah. Wednesday through today, so many things have happened. It's yeah, this been is ridiculous. We figured recording it. We're recording it on a Sunday night. This will hopefully be be uh, up for everybody to listen to by Tuesday morning. This is hopefully when you're listening to it. Um, and this was really just the first time all week long. 
that we really could have recorded without dropping a podcast that would be old news by the time everybody heard it. Uh, we, yeah. we recorded it the night of uh, of the preseason game. We would have missed out on covering the pre the, doing a preview of the preseason game, and by the time that would have been released, we would have been on the roster cuts, and it was just like, let's just wait until all of this madness is over, and we'll we'll just do a big long recap of everything that went on in the past week. So that's what we're going to do here tonight, folks. Um, getting to uh, some of the news, uh, we <laughs> we started to cover last week. Um, Ahmad Brooks was brought in for a visit, and Ahmad Brooks has signed. The Packers have signed a new outside linebacker from the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, former Pro Bowl outside linebacker. Uh, six seasons of at least six sacks. Um, if you listened to uh, me and Ty last week on the Railbird Central show, uh, show I uh, discussed this with him on Monday uh, with uh, Brian, who uh graciously had us on to his show to help promote uh, Blue Cheese Radio yeah. and everything Packers. Uh, so big shout out to him. Yeah, yeah, great fun. Uh, hopefully we'll, we'll be back on sooner rather than later. We'll, we'll do it anytime. Uh, like like we said last week, there's not many things we'll usually get up at uh, at 8 o'clock in the morning to uh, <laughs> to do, but no. uh, we'll, we'll be glad to get up uh, at 8 o'clock in the morning to... Uh, to join Brian on uh, his podcast again. So, uh, big shout-out to uh, to Brian Caravu for having us on uh, Railbird Central last week. And uh, we discussed the Ahmad Brooks thing. We haven't heard from you, though, Ty. Uh, I talked about it. Me and Brian talked about it for a little bit. But uh, what are your thoughts on the signing of Ahmad Brooks? Um, you know, I think it's a great move. I really like it. I think it, um, you know, it's just a one-year deal. The specifics aren't quite out there yet about it, except that it is only for a year. But this is the type of um, the type of stopgap patch type move that we've been huge fans of Bill Belichick making over the years, where he may take a veteran guy, bring him in. And he's not quite asking him to be the starter or the star, but he's asking him to get in there and contribute and contribute a good deal. And I I think Brooks has that. He's been durable. Um, you know, he, he doesn't miss games. He doesn't really deal with injuries. Like you said, he's averaged, you know, six sacks for six seasons. Former Pro Bowler, and as much as Mike McCarthy likes to claim that this is as deep a group of pass rushers as we've had in a long time, I'm not very inclined to agree with that. So bringing in Brooks, I think, really does a whole lot to bolster that group of outside linebackers. Yeah, and we'll get into uh, who we have at outside linebacker now uh, a little bit later, but another piece of news that dropped, uh, was it earlier today? I think it may have been yesterday. I can't remember. Uh, J. Ron Elliott uh, has been traded to yeah, the today. Dallas Cowboys. Was that today? Uh, yeah. Sunday, for those listening in the future. Um, <laughs> yeah. J. Ron Elliott has been traded uh, to the Dallas Cowboys, so we are down one pass rusher. Um, and that leaves us with uh, Clay Matthews, Nick Perry, Ahmad Brooks, Kyler Fackrell, um, and Vince Beagle. He's on. He's going to start the season on the pup list. Yeah, um, so he'll he'll be missing at least six weeks minimum. Yeah, unfortunately, and, and I'm, you know for for any for any of our fans out there who don't know how the pup list works for a player that starts the season on the pup, they have to sit out at least six weeks of the regular season. 
Once that six weeks is up, they can either return to practice or be designated for injured reserve or released with a settlement. Once they do practice for the first time, then that begins a three-week window where they must be signed or released. So, in theory, Beagle could actually miss a total of nine weeks. But, yeah. I mean, that's... I wouldn't rush him back though. The guy's a rookie. No, he's, you know, he's had a, a bit of a history of injuries in college, um, and, I, and from you know what we have right now with the Ahmad Brooks signing, I think it just kind of it's kind of a signing that buys us time. We don't have to rush uh, Beagle back um, too soon to to play a role on this defense this year. I think the Ahmad Brooks signing is, is, is gives us a little time, gives us a little leeway. But, uh, you know, looking at the linebackers, I, I think it was you who mentioned this to me. We kind of discussed it a little bit the other day. Um, how, do you, how do you feel that the, the Brooks signing uh, is going to impact uh, Clay Matthews' spot on this roster and his role on the defense? Um, did, did well, you... um, and, and, you know, this is something, like you said, that we touched on a little bit talking the other day, just uh, – kind of shooting the bull about the roster. I think Brooks Brooks is a tremendous player against the run. He's right up there with Nick Perry. He's I think he's just as good as Nick Perry even at this point in his career and at one point it was probably a little better, better than Perry against the run and I could see as the season um the season goes on and things continue to evolve with that defense, I could see there being you know, Matthews and Perry still listed as the starters at that position, but I think Brooks could end up factoring in on playing in more early downs with Nick Perry on the other side and Clay Matthews slowly making his way as the season goes on into more of a situational pass rusher and a late down type of player in order to both preserve his help and help with the run defense because Brooks is a better run defender than Matthews is. Matthews has his tendencies to over-pursue on some yeah. running plays and lose the edge as opposed to Perry or Brooks. Yeah, and I think that would be good for Matthews. Um, we know we know Matthews' history with injuries. Uh, I think oh, if yeah. we can limit his snaps a little bit on some of these you know, early rundown, stuff like that. I think if we limit his snaps a little bit and bring him in in pass rushing situations, I mean, he missed practice last week uh, with a groin injury. Uh, so he's our the, – the question marks are already starting to come in. Oh, is Clay Matthews going to be injured all year again this year? Um, so I think if they limit his role, not just because – I don't think they need to limit his role because his skills are declining or he, he's no, turning no. into a bad player or anything. But I think it would help keep him fresh – a whole season, uh, especially going into the playoffs. I wasn't trying to even insinuate that his skills are just diminishing as a player or he's turning into a liability or anything like that, but to him, for him to move into a little bit more of a pass rusher specialist type role, you know, like maybe situational wasn't the best word to use because that tends to pigeonhole players as being limited, but uh, specialist more so. And like you yeah. said, that will help keep him fresh. That will help limit his opportunity to get injured. And especially going into the stretch run late in the season and in the playoffs, 
Clay Matthews, even at this point in his career, when he is fresh and 100% healthy, is still one of the most dangerous pass rushers in the game, and like you like to call him, he can be a game-breaker. Game but it's wrecker. All about keeping him game wrecker. There we game go. Game wrecker. He wrecks games. <laughs> had it uh, going back to my NBA Street <laughs> PlayStation Two days there, activating the game breaker. But uh, yeah, game wrecker. He he can do that still. It's just a matter of him being healthy and fresh. Yeah, I, I could see I could see them using him kind of the way that uh, Pittsburgh uses uh, like James Harrison. Bring oh, yeah. him in on on special situations and keep him fresh. And I mean, God, James Harrison's what forty now, and he still is, is a monster yeah, James among Harrison men. Harrison is forty, and he's still pushing an entire offensive line and a coach's worth of weight on a sled, yeah. just for kicks. So I mean, I know you've seen some of that dude's workout clips that get posted on Twitter and whatnot, and it's unreal. He's a monster, and if I ever met him, I don't think I could look him in the eye. Yeah, so, he, he's he's kind of yeah. like he's kind he's 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 kind of like Mike Daniels. That would be that would be a battle to watch. Ooh. Mike Daniels Ooh. versus James Harrison. That would the be man the stare down of the century. Oh my God, uh, I, we'll never see it because they both play defense. But uh, that would be well, uh, a one-on-one, but like an Oklahoma drill. I'd like to be. He, uh, oh God, <laughs> I'd like to watch. <laughs> oh, I mean, you remember the Mike Daniels stare down with Adrian Peterson last year, where he oh just, yeah was right at Peterson and Peterson didn't do anything in that game and it thanks to Mike Daniels but even just as team captains for Mike Daniels and James Harrison to meet at midfield and have a stare down I think they would have to get some kind of TVMA rating put on just for that <laughs> stare down it, it wouldn't be pretty blood will be shed oh yeah that's that it's Mike Daniels don't play he, he's a and we'll uh, move on <laughs> before we get into a big Mike Daniels love fest <laughs> yeah. yet again. Yeah, um, that's for next week. Yeah, um, but uh, looking outside the Packers for a little bit of news we covered last week that dropped last week. We uh, we covered on our first attempt at this show, but it didn't quite make it. Matthew Stafford and the Detroit Lions have agreed Ooh. to terms on a one hundred thirty-five million dollar extension. Um, we talked. A few weeks back about who will be the first $200 million quarterback. Uh, well, this raises the bar once again, folks. We go from De- Derek Carr's $120 million contract extension to Matthew Stafford signing a $135 million extension. Um, it's going up faster and faster. <laughs> it's, it's, oh, yeah. It just but, keeps going. And and not a bad deal for a quarterback who's never won a playoff game either. Guys, I must no, say that. but... And, and you know, we talked about it, and we we like to poke fun at he's never won a playoff game, and he's only won, like, four games against teams that have finished the season with winning records or something like that. He's like 4-46 and 46 or something, mm. which is an insane stat when you think about it. But he is with the Lions, so it's not all on the quarterback. Yeah, but and I think I even mentioned I think, this. I think Matthew Stafford – Quite possibly could be the the best quarterback in Lions history. Maybe oh, yeah. I don't. You know, maybe yeah. going back to the leather helmet days, or you know, well, and <laughs> maybe you'll the find. The thing with it is, what this. But he's shows better than is, he's better than Eric Kramer. You know. Well, yeah. <laughs> he's certainly better than Dan Orlovsky. Joey Harrington. So. Oh, Kitna. <laughs> uh, oh my God! Well, hey, John Kitna. He 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 looked sharp for like the first six or seven games. Yeah. Of, few years back but 
Yeah. I mean, I think what this goes to show as far as the state of the league is it is that hard to find a real franchise quarterback that can go out and put you in position to win games. Yeah. I yeah, Stafford. Say what you want about Stafford. He, he's uh, he's he's a he's a good quarterback. You know he's oh, he's yeah. not he's never going to be Tom Brady. He's never going to be Aaron Rodgers. He's never going to be on that level. But he's a guy that can win you games. We've seen it. We saw it again a lot last year when when it came to the fourth quarter and his fourth quarter comebacks. I can't remember. I can't remember the number, but I think it was some kind of record of most fourth quarter comebacks yeah, for he, a quarterback in a season. I mean, he he deserves the money. I'm not going to say he's not deserving of the money. But this also goes to what we talked about a few weeks back where the quarterback position has become so important and they get paid so much that, and I know the salary cap keeps going up every year and it creates more cap space and things like that, no. but even with the cap going up every year and we the quarterbacks are going to get theirs, there's no way around that, they're going to get their money, it's just a matter of... You have to think that eventually the quarterback may get some sort of percentage exemption from the salary cap or be exempt from the cap at all because the position commands so much money. Because you've got guys like Carr and Stafford and what will likely be Aaron Rodgers in the future that are, you know, going to occupy 20, even as high as 30% of their team's total cap. Yeah, and all that's going to do is make it so difficult for teams to put any kind of talent around them. Well, I think I just think salaries in general are going to go up. I mean, you know, it applies yeah. to quarterbacks because quarterbacks get paid the most right now, but it also applies to you know most positions. Um, is but not to the point where. It seems like with quarterbacks, no matter how good you are, if you're good enough to earn a contract extension and you're not just bouncing around from team to team, like, you know, uh, like, oh, what's-his-face that's play, I think has played for every team in the NFL, oh, Josh McCown. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, the McCowns have been everywhere, both of them. Yeah, if you're good enough to, to sign an extension with your team, you know, you can pretty much – Demand high dollar, top dollar. Oh yeah, I mean, you know? look at the payout Nick Perry got this year. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, and, even, you know, but even there's a, but 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 like I think you pointed out um, that every other position you pretty much get paid by how well you play, how good you yeah. are in the pecking order of every other person at that position. Or it doesn't seem like that's that's the model when it comes to quarterbacks. No, it's a totally different deal. It's like. Uh, when you look at corners, your top five paid corners in the league are generally the top five guys at that position. The yeah. same thing with wide receivers. The same thing is true with left tackles. Most offensive linemen anyways, and even running backs, your top five paid players are generally the top five guys talent-wise, and quarterbacks, it is just not that way. But it's that much harder to find a franchise quarterback than it is to find a left tackle or a running back or a corner or a receiver and so on. Yeah, and that's definitely true. So, I don't know, we'll see. I'm I'm thinking Aaron Rodgers when he when he gets his contract extension, what is that going to look like? Any you want to make any guesses? Um it's going to happen I'd say within the next year because I don't think the team wants him to even get close to sniffing that franchise tag. 
Yeah, I don't either. Because it is a friend to the players now. It is no longer an enemy to the players. Kirk Cousins will tell you that real quick. That dude has got paid. And the way quarterback salaries have gone up, if Aaron Rodgers makes it after the next two years to the franchise tag territory, then that's all the leverage he needs because by the time they tag him for that first year, I imagine it'll be $25 million with how the tag figures. And then mm-hmm. if you tag a player for a second year, it's a that average plus a 20% bump. And then the third year, that average plus like a 44% bump. You could end up paying Aaron Rodgers $100 million for three years if you tag him three straight times. So I'd say within the next year, probably next offseason, Rodgers gets extended. It wouldn't surprise me at all. And I hope they get it done sooner rather than later because the last thing – because I've been starting to – like uh, watching TV, watching ESPN and stuff, it's starting to become a, a bit of a, a topic. You know, well, oh yeah, because I mean, most people believe. I don't want it to is, become a distraction. Well, I don't. I I don't think the team will let that happen. They've always been very good about keeping that from being a distraction. Mm-hmm. And with Rogers, I don't see him letting that happen personally. You know, he doesn't like to talk about those kind of things. He likes to keep it out of the media. And while a lot of people are still out here saying that Brady's still the best quarterback in the league. Even those same people usually don't shy away from saying Aaron Rodgers is the most talented quarterback in the league, and he's not making nearly the most money. What's so, the difference? Well, they say Brady's the greatest because of all the rings and all the winning, but Rodgers is the most physically gifted and the most talented. I think it's just, all semantics. I, don't I mean, know. that's all. I don't want to get into. That's how people. <laughs> I don't want to get into it. Rationalize it, but we don't have to go there. We've got a roster to talk about. That's true. Um, yeah, I just don't get it. But we got a, we got a whole lot of we got a whole lot to talk about here. So we're gonna move on. We got a, a lot of roster moves, a lot of surprises. We'll we're gonna start at the top here. Um, well, first let's go back to the pre the final preseason game. Anything you wanted to touch on on the final preseason game? I thought the team looked fantastic in that game. I know they were playing the the LA Rams and it was just backup against yeah. backups, but our backups kicked the shit out of their backups. <laughs> you know, and that's what yeah, you want to see. Brett Hundley continues to just tease every other quarterback hungry team in the league. And you know, his dive for that touchdown was awesome. Yeah. I, it was like, whoa, I couldn't believe he made it in getting hit on the dive. But uh you know, if, if he continues to do what he's done, if they don't trade him at some point this season, they've got to think about trading him either next uh, for the next draft to try to move up in the draft or something like that or trade him next preseason or training camp or something because I swear, if they let him just walk out of that building to go wherever he wants to go the way they did Matt Flynn and not get anything back in return because Flynn was a hot commodity. Yeah. Coming off that huge game, his final game as a Packer against Detroit. Oh, yeah. And if if Hunley <laughs> is even looked at as the same way at all as Matt Flynn, and I think he's a better quarterback than Matt Flynn was, I think if, if they just let him walk away and get nothing in return, I might lose it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because what would be the point? Like, you, I know you want to draft your backup quarterback, but you draft a quarterback like Brett Hundley in the fourth round to, 
you know, draft and develop. You want to develop him as a quarterback and then get something in return. In return, yeah. Yeah. Um, so if they don't and do that, that always, it was just a wasted draft pick. Yeah, that was always Ron Wolf's theory, and I yeah. ascribe to it. He, Ron Wolf, was about taking a quarterback in every draft. Whether yeah. it was in the third round or the seventh round, he wanted a quarterback in every draft because you can develop that talent, and he knew the quarterback position was such a, a position that if somebody can get one in a trade that's already mostly developed and may come out and be something, they're willing to do something with more of a known commodity than drafting a guy who may end up coming in and being a total bust. Yeah. So, I mean, all you got to do is just go back and look at uh, all of Brett Favre's backup quarterbacks over the years. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you look Probably at the Matt Hasselbecks and, yeah. you know. So, I don't know. I I, I liked what I've seen from Brett Hundley. Um, you know, I've, of course, I'm a smoking Joe guy, but, boy, smoking Joe just got phased out. Uh, and he real, literally got phased out when the, the roster cuts came down. Let's get into the roster cuts a little bit here. Let's look at the quarterback position to start. Uh they kept two, which was surprising. Uh, very surprising. I, I'm not surprised. I, I was surprised because I, I we'll talk about it here in a minute. But they kept two. They kept, you know, the the big news, of course. Aaron Rodgers made the team, so we oh, can all yes. breathe a sigh of relief there. Uh, and of course, they got Brett Hundley, and then they uh, they ended up cutting Joe Callahan and Taysom Hill, uh, which was that's that was what surprised me. I was almost. Uh, I was almost bracing for the Callahan cut because I'm just going off of what they did in preseason with him. Um, Taysom Hill got seemed to overlap him uh, in the games, and I thought Hill every opportunity he got, he he made plays. He looked good. Um, yeah, I mean the only knock against Hill is his age. He's already 27. I didn't know that. Yeah, so I mean that's that's the big knock against him is his age, and he was oft injured in college, so he's got an injury history there. But he's already 27 years old, and you know a lot of people don't really care to have a 27 year old third stringer hanging around as a rookie. Yeah, that's true. Um, but but I think the Packers. I mean, I, I just can't say I was, I was surprised. Yeah, I thought the Packers. <clears throat> I, th- I feel like they were trying to cut him. Maybe he would make it through waivers, put him on the practice squad. Um, but he was he was claimed by uh, the New Orleans Saints, so I guess somebody wants a twenty-seven-year-old uh, third-string quarterback on their team. Well, the New Orleans Saints obviously like our quarterback cuts because they even brought in Smoking Joe last year after he didn't make it. Yeah, they claimed so, him off waivers. Um, so yeah, Taysom Hill is now a New Orleans Saint. Uh, I think he's got a lot. I think he's got a lot of potential. I, I didn't know about him being so old, though. But yeah, yeah. There's uh, he's older, and then there's another player we'll talk about here in a bit on the defensive side of the ball that's a little old for his position and how many years he's been in the league. But Smoking Joe did make it back to the practice squad this year, so he's still hanging around the building. We can breathe a sigh of relief there. I was Everybody getting ready. I was really getting ready to to start the swan song and, and yeah. put a farewell clip package together for Smoking Joe on for the show and uh, I was I was I was really starting to I was getting prepared to do so and and say our goodbyes but folks he's back on the practice squad Smoking Joe's still with the team let's all breathe a sigh of 
Halloween. <laughs> oh, I know it. I know. I was I was worried that both Hill and Smoke and Joe were going to get claimed off waivers. That was my worry. Yeah. With the quarterback position, but we've got Aaron Rodgers. We've got Brett Hundley. Mike McCarthy and Ted Thompson generally just carry two quarterbacks. Yeah. And then keep one on the practice squad as a reserve if, God forbid, Aaron Rodgers goes down. So we've got Smoke and Joe. We've got some insurance there. I'm confident in him. The surprise for me was at the running back position. You were surprised at that, the running backs, huh? Yeah, I was surprised that... I was not surprised they kept Montgomery. I was not surprised they kept Ripkowski. Those two are the starters at their position. Uh, Joe Carriage made it to injured reserve, so he is still with the team. He's just on IR, which I'm I'm glad. I like Joe Carriage. I think he's got some potential there. Yeah, apparently he was smoking people in oh, yeah. training camp. So, But I was not surprised they kept Jamal Williams. I am surprised a little bit that they kept both Aaron Jones and Devontae Mays. They kept four running backs and a fullback. So, and they all looked like they belong. I'm not trying to say that I don't think they should have because they all very much look like NFL players. Yeah, I mean, that's why I wasn't too surprised. I was thinking, you know, maybe... Maybe Devontae Mays might make it to the practice squad, but I thought he showed yeah. out and looked good enough in the preseason that he would have been claimed. So I think they had no other choice but to keep all four running backs. I mean... I, I think, especially I think, Jones and Mays, I think that there's no way they would have cleared waivers. No. They, they both showed way too much in the preseason that there's no way they would have yeah. cleared waivers. I thought all three looked really good in the preseason, so I wasn't surprised that they kept them all on the roster. Especially since you don't really know what you got in any of them, including Montgomery. You don't know if Montgomery's yeah. going to come out and, and be the, the the lead back or, or how they're going to use him. And you know, you you still there's still a whole lot to 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 open up with the, with these with these running backs. Uh, they did release Phillips, uh, Khalif Phillips. Yeah, that wasn't surprising. Yeah, not a surprising. Oh, they did we he did really... get to see a little bit of work in the preseason, but yeah. The um, you know, I think the offense had more surprises for me than the defense did. Uh, the tight end position, I'm not surprised about at all. With Bennett, Kendricks, and Richard Rogers, that's exactly how yeah. I thought that position was going to play out. That was a gimme. Oh yeah, yeah, that one was easy. Anybody could have claimed they looked into a crystal ball and saw that and been right. Yeah. Um, but the receivers and the linemen, I was surprised about. They kept ten offensive linemen. Yeah, well, I, I don't, I didn't Which get Barclay, that. Barclay's gone now, so it is down to nine because Barclay was moved to injured reserve. But you know, the, you got your starters with Bakhtiari, Taylor, Lindsley, Evans, and Balaga. You got Spriggs and you got Murphy. Then they kept Lucas Patrick and they kept Justin McRae. Yeah, those are the, the main, two surprises to me. Yeah, I think the main thing with keeping Justin McRae was outside of Barkley, he's really the only one with any kind of center experience. Yeah. So they that was smart. They need somebody else who has some experience snapping the ball. But I'm just I'll be praying to God all season that neither Balaga or Bakhtiari goes down because I really don't want to see Jason Spriggs or Kyle Murphy in there protecting Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, uh, the the depth in the O line is is very thin. I think that may be why they kept, you know, so many. 
offensive oh, yeah. lineman. Because uh, it's not like you still you have J.C. Treader or a guy like that that can kind of play all five positions anymore. Um, well, and we touched on this in our in the Lost Show. That's what we'll call it last week. In the <laughs> Lost Show, we touched on this a little bit. Mike McCarthy, it, it kind of irked me because I know he has to toe the company line, but God, he sounded like a politician talking about I like our offensive line. We've got good depth there. I really like the numbers. I can only guess that he was talking about the jersey numbers. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't like the numbers or the depth. Our left tackle wears 69, by God. <laughs> what, what better number could you have for a left tackle? Huh. Oh, God. But I don't know. I mean, looking hey, at it on paper, you, I mean, Kyle Murphy, Jason Spriggs, you would think, because... You know, you would, you would look at that and think, oh, well, Jason Spriggs, uh, second-round pick, Kyle Murphy, really, you know, impressed coaches the, in, in training camp. Well, um, yeah. But, man, when you watch him, especially Spriggs, when you watched him in preseason, it's just – it was ugly at times. Yeah. And I try not to worry as much because generally you're not going to see an entire wave of second stringers go in for the offensive line. So even if it is just one guy here and the rest are the starters, I'm not going to worry as much unless it's left tackle. If it's at either of the guard spots or even at right tackle, they're going to be able to help more, especially with a guy like Bennett and even Lance Kendricks being able to block better. Yeah. So they can scheme help. It's just a matter of hoping that it doesn't come to that. And then we come to the receivers, which was the biggest surprise position on offense for me. Yeah, the receivers definitely... It's, it's, um, I, don't, I don't know what to think about it. I'll be goddamned if Jeff Janis didn't make the team again this year. The hype train <laughs> continues to roll. Like we talked about, he is like a cockroach. He just he's, won't go away. He's the cockroach of the Packers. He won't go away. And Trevor you know, Davis I made the team. a great tweet about cockroaches earlier I just have to share with you. If cockroaches can survive nuclear fallout and chemical warfare, what the hell do they put in a can of Raid? <laughs> That's true, too. <laughs> <laughs> Well, whatever it is, uh, the Packers might need to use it to get rid of Janice at some point. Because, good lord, they kept. I mean, you got Jordy Nelson, Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb, of course. There's your top three, and then yeah. they kept Jeff Janice and Trevor Davis. Uh, and then Allison will be back after Week One. They'll make room for him because he looks really improved from last season. Yeah, I love what I've seen from Allison. I think Geronimo Allison. Uh, he, he's going to be around for a while, I think. Yeah. Uh, just just my in, inclination. But uh, they did release their two draft picks, Malachi Dupree, D'Angelo Yancey, although Yancey did end up back on the practice squad. Dupree yep. has not yet been signed to the practice squad. He's actually still out there. He's still there. floating out there. Yeah. Uh, Max McCaffrey, who a lot of people were really high on in, in the preseason. Uh, he declined to return. Yeah, I've... I've I guess he's looking He's looking for a roster spot somewhere else. So, um, Michael Clark, the guy we discussed a couple weeks ago, the big uh, seven-foot wide receiver. <laughs> he just about. He's uh, he, he's not on the practice squad, is he? 
Uh, yes, actually, he is. You know, oh, he went to the practice squad. To just, to just go ahead and get it out there, because as of right now, the practice squad is filled up with 10 players, so anybody else that tries to join, like Malachi Dupree, they'll have to make a corresponding move. But the practice squad, as is, consists of Kofi Amicia, uh, Donatello Brown, Smokin' Joe, Michael Clark, Reggie Gilbert, um, Isaiah Lunsford, Derek Matthews, Adam Pankey, Jermaine Whitehead, and D'Angelo Yancey. Which I expect that to be a little fluid, and there are going to be a couple changes there, I'm sure. But yeah, as of I, right now, that is the practice squad. Yeah, because I, I, I can't see them letting Dupree just walk. Although, do you keep three receivers on your practice squad? You know. And I was surprised yeah, that Yancey... I, mean, I was surprised that Yancey actually made it through waivers, because... You know, there were a, a number of teams that were interested in Yancey during the, the, the pre-draft visits and stuff. I oh, noticed yeah. he had a whole lot of pre-draft visits, so I was surprised he made it through waivers, to be honest. I'm surprised he made it through. I'm honestly surprised that Dupree made it through. Yeah. Because he's got the talent. He's got a lot of talent, and I really hope that he makes the practice squad. I don't want to see him end up somewhere else because as – you know, early as OTAs, he already had such a good rapport going with Aaron Rodgers that I wanted to see what could come out of that. Yeah. Because he is way more talented than his college stats showed because he just played with trash quarterbacks at LSU. Yeah, I thought Dupree had a really good first preseason game, and I felt like the rest of the preseason he was a little shaky. Uh, I know he got hit on that gruesome looking hit he got injured on that yeah play i wonder how much that shook his confidence or maybe he's he hearing footsteps that aren't there now or well could and that be an, an, an unspoken issue possibly with him it, maybe it could he, be you never know with these yeah. days i mean we saw chris borland retire after one year with the 49ers because he was afraid oh, of head injuries speaking of retirement a, listen to this uh sua craven our my initial my very my very first draft crush here on the show. Apparently, the Redskins had to talk him out of retirement just a couple of days ago. Really? Yeah, he was he was about to retire, and they talked him wow. out. Wow. Yeah. So, that bullet dodged for us, I guess. <laughs> he drafted guy yeah, in the second or third round. He's already trying to retire. I don't know that the Packers could have talked him out of retirement with the injuries that happened with this team. But, oh yeah. Uh, you know, one thing we are going to have to be watching over the next couple of years is the situation with Jordy Nelson. He did come out the other day and has already said that he expects to only play two to four more years, which he's only got two years left on his contract, and he wants to retire a Packer. So I could very well see him going out like Donald Driver and bowing out when his contract is over after the next two years. So that's a... A situation to keep an eye on going forward from this season when a guy starts making proclamations about his future like that. Yeah, I, I, I think that could play a big role in whether or not uh, Adams signs a new contract after this season, uh, and what they do with Cobb, and uh, the continued progression of Geronimo Allison. Um, and you know what? For all you cheeseheads out there, especially on Twitter and on NFL.com, who have been calling for them to cut Cobb, Suck it. He's still here. He's going to have a good season. I think Leave people, Randall Cobb alone. I think people just really underestimate 
what a difference Randall Cobb can make when he's completely healthy and on the field. And especially this year when you've got a tight end like Martellus Bennett to kind of open up things over the middle. What Cobb oh, yeah. can do in terms of, you know, uh, making plays in the open field. And, and I mean, people just – it just seems like people – yeah, Cobb's not a deep threat. He's not going to – he's not going to – he's not going to make those Devontae Adams catches or he's not going to – you're not going to find him deep like, like you know, Jordy Nelson – but Cobb is 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 he's a he's a chain mover. He he moves the oh, chains, yeah. and I think people just forget all the ridiculous. I mean, you go back to uh, <clears throat> I think it was the uh, Dallas game. <clears throat> excuse me, in the playoffs a couple of years ago at Lambeau, uh, that ridiculous catch that Cobb made to seal the game away on that. Uh, well, he even made one ridiculous, you know, toe drag catch last year against Dallas in the playoffs. Everyone forgets about that catch because of the Jared Cook catch, but that Cobb catch kept the chains chains going, and then the uh, game a couple years ago against New England in Lambeau Field, yeah, Cobb made that huge third down catch and damn near triple coverage to keep that game in our hands. So people need yeah. to appreciate that, but he's still here. I can still wear my Randall Cobb jersey. I'm okay. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I just think he gets overlooked, and I think uh, uh, I don't know. I, I I could see him still with the team for years to come. He he's not the dynamic returner that he used to be. They don't want him to be that anymore. They're not trying to use him to be that anymore. Uh, which is really how I guess he made his name on the team. You go back to his very first game in the NFL against the Saints and that ridiculous kickoff return. Yeah. <laughs> That's how he got his name out there. I think he caught a touchdown, too, on the yeah, first he drive did. or something. So. And, you know, fun fact, since that was the opening game of that season, uh, Randall Cobb was the first player born in the 90s to play a snap in the NFL. Yeah. So all you babies out there, that's 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 your flag bearer right there. Yeah. That's, it's so ridiculous. I, I talk to We're teenagers old. all the time that are – Yeah, they were born in the – Dude – it's not even funny when I hear people that like, oh, yeah, I was born in two thousand one. I was like, good God, you know. Don't you just <laughs> want to tell them to go away? Yeah, like, like, what do you know? Like, you've never lived in a world without cell phones and smartphones and stuff. It makes me. I, I, I have to give my little sisters hell all the time because they're both, you know, just in high school, and uh, you know, a sophomore and a junior, and. I have to give them a rough way to go if they talk about a computer being slow. I'm like, you know what? I still remember before we had internet, and then for a huge chunk of my life, we had to listen to the dial-up sound and hope to God nobody picked up the phone. (laughs) So don't talk to me about having a computer that was slow. I had to wait an hour to look at a picture on the internet. So don't even... Yeah, we're so old. We're aging ourselves so so bad. We're so old when we were young... Uh, the Old Testament was called the Testament. <laughs> oh, we're, Our we're social- aging ourselves. Yeah. So bad. My social security number is one. When oh, I was a kid, God. when I was a kid, the Dead Sea was still just sick. <laughs> Thank you very much, folks. I'll be here all week. Uh, back to football. Uh, so yeah. Uh, all right, Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> let's move to the defense. What's up with that? I remember when I was a young man. And you'd get on an airplane, and they'd give you free peanuts. They don't give you free peanuts anymore. They charge you for them. What's up with that? What's up with airfare anymore? Oh, my God. Anyway, um, 
Defense. <laughs> Let's move to defense. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, let me let me get my uh, shit together here. I just went off. Composed I, yourself. Jerry Seinfeld just just came through me like a like a ghost in the night. I don't I don't know. You uh, ate a junior men. That's what happened. I guess I don't know. Uh, <laughs> defensive line. I'm thrown um, off. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna carry this now. <laughs> Going to the defensive line. My Mike Daniels made the team. Everybody relax. <laughs> yeah, that was a big one on the bubble. He was in real bubble trouble. Uh, oh yeah. Thank God for so that. So we've still got the man beast. We've got Kenny Clark, who will eventually get a nickname because he's gonna end up deserving one before this season's over. I just I know it. Yeah. He looks like a force next to Daniels. This uh, D line needs Lowry. a name. You know, we've, oh, yeah. we've had yeah. the monsters of the midway. You've had the purple people eaters. The you know, steel curtain. The steel curtain. I think this defensive front is going to be good enough that the, we're we're going to have to come up with a name for them. With Daniels, oh, yeah. Clark, Ricky Jean Francois, Dean Lowry. If Dean Lowry comes and really comes on in the second year, the way that that. We, we if he looks as good to. in season as he did in the preseason, between him, Daniels, and Clark, that's going to be just a monstrous three right there. Yeah. And so, Ricky Jean maybe Francois that, maybe gives be, his depth. Yeah, and Christian Ringo finally made the team this year. And you and know, he deserved I was it. a little it surprised. Good. Were you? He looked good. It's And I have a reason for that. I wanted Ringo to make the team. I'm surprised with the line that they didn't put Montravius Adams on injured reserve because he could miss up to eight weeks with surgery, yeah. anywhere from six to eight. I'm surprised that they didn't try to keep Brian Price on the team because he was the only other D lineman with experience as a true nose tackle other than Kenny Clark and looked really good against the run. But they went with a more polished pass rusher and Christian Ringo, which I think again speaks to how thin the outside linebacker group may be. Yeah, I feel like I don't know. I couldn't see them cutting Christian Ringo after watching him play against the L.A. Rams and watching him blow through two offensive linemen to yeah. to force the quarterback to throw that interception. I think it was. I can't remember who the interception was to. I think it was uh, Donatello Brown, maybe. That sounds I can't right. Who, who yeah, caught the caught the pick, but. He just looked unstoppable on that play. I was like, yeah, I think Ringo's going to make this team. But I agree. I, I was a little surprised Montrevious Adams didn't end up on IR or something like that. We didn't see any of them in preseason. And, uh, you know, Brian Price, I mean, just to show his worth, uh, didn't clear waivers. He was picked he's up a cowboy. by – He's picked up by the Dallas Cowboys, which, you know, will have other players. <laughs> the Cowboys yeah. are just taking our players now, you know. They're turning into the Vikings. Yeah, really. Chill out, Cowboys. I know you can't beat us, but geez, relax. You got to take our uh, our trash, you know. Yeah. Um, Speaking yeah, of Lunsford Vikings ended up on the practice trash. squad. Uh, I know we've all seen the picture of Nick Swordson and Olivia Munn. At least you won't have to expect a <laughs> ring being a Vikings fan. Oh. Oh man. Yeah, I made that joke on Twitter the other day. I posted that, and I was like, "Yeah, it's typical Vikings. Typical Vikings." Taking our castoffs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. They can have her. But, uh, they yeah. can have her. She was an The D line is going to be so nasty. So, so nasty this year. Even better than last year. And then the outside linebackers. Uh, a 
a trendy topic of discussion, a tenuous topic of discussion, where we've got Matthews, we've got Perry, we've got Kyler Fackrell, we now have Brooks, and J. Rowan Elliott is also a Dallas Cowboy. In an odd move yeah. from Ted Thompson, traded our boy J. Elliott away for a conditional seventh-round pick. And they claimed uh, Odom. Yes, they actually claimed Chris Odom from Atlanta. He is listed as an edge player. He really fits the mold for an outside linebacker in uh, this scheme at 6'4", 262. Mm -hmm. And he's got decent numbers from his workout results. A little bit on the slower side with a 4'8", 340. But he had 20 reps on the bench. He had a 31.5-inch vertical and a uh, 7.67-second three-cone time. So he's got a little agility there. But in the preseason, he had a just pretty excellent preseason. Atlanta's just a little deep at that position, but had a really good game against Jacksonville in the final game. He had uh, eight tackles, six solo tackles, a sack and another quarterback hit, and a tipped pass at the line of scrimmage that went for an interception. I'll take that. Yeah, and um see here. He played for Arkansas State in college. The great name at that school, Arkansas State Red Wolves. Nice. That just sounds badass. But he had 12 and a half sacks and 17 and a half tackles for loss <laughs> as a senior last year for the Red Wolves. So there's definitely some talent there. Yeah, I'm interested to see I'm, what uh, if he see how much playing time he gets. They but, claimed him off waivers, so he has to be put on the roster. He can't go to the practice squad. Yeah, that doesn't necessarily mean he'll be active on Sundays, though. So yeah, he may be we'll uh, game day inactive. It's just going to be interesting to see what corresponding roster move they make in order to put him on the fifty-three because somebody else is going to have to get cut for him to go there. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, you look at some of these names, I, I don't know who they would cut. Unless they plan on putting Adams on the IR, too. Or cutting one of the, either Lucas Patrick or Justin McCray from the O-line. Yeah. So I guess there there is room to move around there. Um, yeah. But well, yeah what, and we... Oh, go go ahead. I was just going to, I was just going to talk about, um... A bit of a surprising cut they made, which he ended up back on the practice squad. But I thought maybe I thought he looked good enough in preseason; he had a real shot at making making the roster this year. And that's Reggie Gilbert. Yeah, uh, Reggie Gilbert um, looked. He had kind of, kind of a J. Ron Elliott preseason to me, where he really just started showing up every game. Um, but I'm glad they had well, cleared waivers and got back on the practice squad at least. With the Brooks signing, I'm not as surprised that he didn't make the 53 but I am very glad he made it back to the practice squad because I really want to see the continued development of this guy. Yeah. Because from everybody from Clay Matthews on talked about how he made the biggest jump this offseason out of all the practice squad players from last year. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not, I wasn't surprised because he was a fairly high draft pick, but, man, Kyler Fackrell... I don't, he, he was dude, invisible in the, in the preseason. And he's the other guy who's a little bit long in the tooth to only have been in the league for going into his second year. He's already 26. Really? 
I remember him being. Yeah, I remember him being a little older. So he's already a bit of an elder states uh, elder statesman just for being going into his second year, and you know, at his age, you have to wonder if we've not already seen the best that Kyler Fackrell is going to have to offer. And that would be really sad because what what was it he? It would third round pick. Uh, yeah, he was a third rounder. So I mean, his draft yeah. status I think did a lot to help keep him on the roster. But it's just, I don't know if we see him on the team beyond this year if he doesn't make significant improvements during the season. Yeah, because, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't have been shocked if he would have ended up getting cut, you know, especially with, with the age and and just he showed nothing in the preseason, which, you know, it's the preseason. You know, well, let's not overanalyze yeah. the preseason. But at the same time... he also didn't show much against backups in the preseason. Yeah, exactly. For a third-round draft pick, you want to see more. And he's a speed rusher, but he doesn't handle initial contact well enough to make a counter move. He's not quite fast enough as a speed rusher to just bend his body like Clay Matthews and get around the edge from odd angles. And I think Gilbert's a better run defender than Kyler Fackrell and has more power than Kyler Fackrell does. So... Yeah, so so that draft pick's not looking too good at this point, but he's he did make the team. He's still here. Uh, he will. I, I'm 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 guessing he'll see some time in the regular season. Uh, oh yeah, he'll be in the rotation. They have no choice but to keep him in the rotation. Yeah, so I he, think he'll, he'll be more situational as a pass rusher. They're not going to trust him so yeah. much against the run. I don't think at all. Yeah, he'll have opportunities. But he'll see some action. But. I don't know. Uh, you know, you look. If Vince Beagle comes off the pup, you know that may. Who knows what we have with that guy? So there, it's just yeah. It, outside linebackers, still a big question mark for me. Still going to be a big question mark for me uh, until the season gets going and we see what we actually have. And if Clay Matthews can stay oh, healthy yeah. and what Ahmad Brooks brings to the table, and uh, but the middle linebacker spot pretty much turned out the way exactly that I figured it would with uh, Ryan Martinez and Joe Thomas. Uh, I thought Jordan oh, yeah. Tripp I thought Jordan Tripp looked pretty good uh, in the preseason uh, but I couldn't see them keeping him on the team. Yeah, uh, I I didn't see them keeping more than the three that made the roster. They've been dependable guys and you know there's two draft picks right there at that position yeah. that do look more like they're going to pan out like the team hoped. Jake Ryan has become a much more complete middle linebacker and has shown, at least in the preseason this year, that he may be much more capable against the pass than he was last year. Mm-hmm. And he's the best run-defending linebacker they have in in the middle. That run defense Absolutely. is a totally different run defense when Jake Ryan's on the field and when he's not on the field. Uh, Joe Thomas, we love Joe Thomas here. That's never been a secret. Yeah, He can keep just knocking the stickers off helmets for all I care. <laughs> and Blake Martinez looks like he's taking the steps that you would expect for a guy to take in his second year. He looks much improved from last year. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with our middle linebackers. I know we've – it's been a point of contention for Packers fans for the last, God, five years or oh, yeah. however long it's yeah, been. Yeah, that's – but that has been a a position of absolute denial <laughs> yeah <laughs> for Ted Thompson that he just did not want to admit that that position needed to be made over yeah, and well, it was maybe, finally done and it looks like it's starting to pay off 
Yeah, and maybe maybe he's found something here with uh, with the three they got because I think there's three solid three solid players. Uh, oh yeah, that, that you can that you can use in in different situations because uh, you know Joe Thomas he's more of a coverage linebacker I guess you'd say. Uh, same with Martinez and, and you know like you said Jake Ryan. It's night and day the run defense when Jake Ryan's in there. Yeah. You, know, you go back to last year really? they finished third third against the run in, in the league overall. And you look at those weeks where he missed and, and the Packers just got ran Oh, that's over. when they faltered. Yeah. And, you know, Jake Ryan is more of a thumper and more of a hitter than either Martinez or Joe Thomas. And he's a senior. And in a, in a three, four. Yeah, and he's a senior. <laughs> and that'll never go away. No. That joke will run forever. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, for all you little kids out there, go watch some John Hughes movies. <laughs> Learn something. Yeah, people but, was, uh, are like, who the hell is Jack Hughes? Yeah, <laughs> never heard of her. <laughs> but with with Jake Ryan and Martinez and Thomas, that's what you want in a 3-4 with your middle linebackers. You traditionally want what they call a chase linebacker who's maybe a little smaller but faster and defends the pass more and can chase a play down. And then you want the thumper, a guy who can get in there and just create havoc and hurt somebody on the run and that's what you have more in Jake Ryan so I'm I'm really happy with this position yeah yeah I like the middle still question still iffy about the outside linebackers but uh we're a week away we'll find out a whole lot but going up against uh oh yeah going up against Fat Eddie Fat Eddie's coming back uh so we'll, <laughs> we'll see how we do um moving on to the cornerback position though a uh, bit of a surprise here. Seven. Seven cornerbacks. Devon House, Demarius Randall, Quentin Rollins, Kevin King, Josh Hawkins, Ladarius Gunther, and Lindsey Pipkins. Uh, for anybody who uh, hasn't listened to it, uh, Lindsey Pipkins actually did a, uh, an interview over on the uh, Pack to the Future podcast uh, a couple months back. Um, so if you're interested in the newest member of the Packers roster, cornerback Lindsey Pipkins, go check out that interview. Uh, it's pretty cool to see a guy go from undrafted rookie free agent to now officially a part of the Packers roster um so what did you what do you make of the Packers keeping seven cornerbacks here I thought you know six is I thought six would be a possibility um Josh Hawkins uh Hawkins and Pipkins were were a surprise for me uh, but not because they played bad or anything it was just that uh, a lot of a lot of the, the the cornerbacks this year in the preseason played well. I thought Donatello Brown made a really good case for himself. He ended up yeah, on the practice squad. I um, was glad to see him make it to the practice squad. Yeah, for his name, if anything else. I mean, he flows really well on the field yeah. as more of a, a rover instead of a lockdown guy. He made that great heads-up interception in the last preseason game. Ladarius Gunter really helped himself in the last preseason game with a sack and an interception. Yeah. Um, I like Devon House. We Everybody knows how we feel about House. I think Demarius Randall and Quentin Rollins are due to have some bounce-back years, um, especially from the slot. I think we're going to see a lot of those two guys swapping in and out of the slot position, that star cornerback position in this defense as much nickel as we play. And both are capable of playing on the outside. Quentin Rollins has took some big steps towards playing on the outside this year. Yeah. Kevin King is he's got room to grow. I'm not putting everything on King even though 
a lot of people would like to. I think he's going to get better as the season goes. Yeah, I think we saw. Josh Hawkins, although we saw uh, some, I thought I, I thought we saw what King could be uh, going back to the Broncos preseason game when he knocked yeah. that uh, that pass away from uh, uh, who was it, Emmanuel Sanders in the end zone, where he just leaped out, stretched well, out with that those big long arms and, and knocked that ball away. And that's you know, and that's the thing with King is he's such a a unique build and a unique talent at that position because he's so tall and his defense radius is massive because mm-hmm. he can jump really oh, yeah. well and with all his length and how long his arms are I think he could swat a whole lot of balls down and be in position for a lot of interceptions you know, I just I think he'll have He's going to have some good early tests, that's for sure, especially in week two at Atlanta, opening their new stadium up down there. And then, you know, Josh Hawkins, I'm not surprised he made the team. I like it. I think he showed a lot in the preseason, a lot of improvements from last year. Uh, You talked about Pipkins. I love his build. He's a bigger cornerback. He's a solid guy, and I think he's got – I think he's got a bright future with this team under the wing of – Joe Witt coaching the corners and as far as Gunter goes you know it's people have knocked on him this preseason talking about oh well he was a number one guy last year and he's slid all the way probably down to fifth on the depth chart Gunter was never supposed to be a number one corner that was yeah. due to injuries That was he's an undrafted guy and he's been getting some slot work this year, and I think Gunter's only going to benefit from not having to be matched up against the opposing team's number one receiver every week. Yeah, it, it wasn't. It's not by design. You didn't want Gunter going up against Des Bryant and Julio Jones. You know, <laughs> you but know that wasn't I the also plan. Think, <clears throat> I also think that helps the depth of this position because now with the guys from last year and then bringing House back in, you've got one, two, three, four guys out of your seven that all have number one experience. Yeah. Yeah, that's Plus true. Plus some guys with good talent in Hawkins and Pipkins and then a high draft pick in Kevin King. So it wouldn't surprise me if maybe not in the first couple weeks, but by the time we get into November and December, if the corners are not playing much stronger than anyone may expect this year. Well, let me ask you this, looking at the roster, looking at the cornerbacks we got now. Um, do Will the second, I mean, will the cornerbacks be an issue again this year? I mean, it's, you can, um, I mean, you can kind of, you can look at it in the preseason. You can look at it before the season. You can rationalize how this, this cornerback group looks pretty damn good on paper. Um, well, and we thought last year they looked really good on paper, too. Exactly. But, you know, last year, I look at last year really as an aberration because Sam Shields went down week one never to return. Yeah, and that was a, that was a big was, loss. That was a, yeah, that was a big domino to fall. That and was I a think, huge I think loss. People, people really forget about that because Sam Shields, you know. He was a top corner. He was our number one corner. And as soon I as mean, he goes Sam down, Shields, they, shakes everything else up and everything you had planned. Sam Shields had shut down ability and yeah. people forget that because he really wasn't in the league very long and he was not considered a top corner for very long 
but he did have shutdown ability. And then when Randall was forced into that number one spot, I, he wasn't ready. Rollins really wasn't ready to play in number two. Both of those guys suffered groin injuries that really hurt their development and shook their confidence. And it was to the point where you had Ladarius Gunter playing at the number one spot. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think <clears throat> they were stretched thin. I, it's just, it's going to be really interesting to see how much of last year was injury and not regression. You know. Yeah. Um, that's what I, I'm I really most don't... interested to in see with, with a guy like Randall, with a guy like Rollins. Uh, did they just regress so bad last year, or was it? Were they dealing with injuries? Was I the Sam it, Shield injury, did that kind of put a throw a big monkey wrench in the whole thing? Um, I think it's those. That's my opinion. I think between the injuries and between Shields going down, those guys not being ready to take on the roles that they were forced to take on, it was just too much for the team to deal with. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I'm tentative, I'm tentatively right now very optimistic about these cornerbacks. And maybe it was just maybe it's just yeah. because of the performance that they've all pretty much yeah, other than Devon House who didn't see any you know, any action in the preseason, they all looked good. They all shined in different moments. Josh Hawkins looked good against the Redskins. Gunter looked good against uh uh the Rams in the last game. Pipkins has looked good in multiple games. Uh Randall looked good when he was out there and of course we all know Joe Witt you know, referring to Quentin Rollins as having the best training camp out of any cornerback uh, yeah. this year. So, I mean, it, it's, you know, and even Kevin King, you know, you got, that's your, that basically our first round draft pick that we, we, I feel like there's enough depth in front of him that, you know, we're not going to have to throw him out in the fire. Hopefully, you know, barring injury, yeah. you know, let's say a prayer right now, but um, I don't know. I like well, what we got. I think with other positions on this defense combined with the corners and what Mike McCarthy talked about, how he wants to get a lot of different packages on the field. He wants to be able to put a lot of guys in in different situations so that a lot of different people have playing time. I think that's going to help with guys staying fresh too. Yeah. And that takes us to the safety position, which I think – very much so rivals the defensive line for the deepest position on the defense, talent-wise. I couldn't argue that. You got Ha Ha Clinton Dix. They kept five. They got Ha Ha and Morgan Burnett, of course. They got Josh Jones, uh, their their draft pick from from this year. What was he? Was he a second round pick too? Yeah, he, um, yeah because King was round. right at the top of the second round. He was basically a first rounder, and then Jones came in the second round. Yeah. And, you know, Jones is a guy that I think has a lot of potential to be another game wrecker in yeah. a different way than Clay Matthews, but that same type of potential. Yeah, and then not only him, but you also got Kentrell Bryce, who's expected to to play a lot this year and play a pretty big role in the secondary because they're going to be moving Morgan Burnett into that nitro position or whatever where he's playing more in the box and all that good stuff. And then they're, Bryce is going to be playing a lot of strong safety from right off the bat, which could be Jones by the end of the year. We'll see how it goes. And then, you know, possibly a guy we talked about on the Railbird Central show uh, last Monday, possibly the MVP of the preseason, Marwin Evans, who... Oh, yes. Every game, one play after another. So... And he has had some tremendous 
interceptions and ball play in the preseason. Yeah. So I mean, I mean that one pick that he made, I think it was in. I'm not sure now. I think it may have been in the Washington game. May have been in the Philly game. It was one of the earlier games where he tracked that ball from all the way across the field and ran right through the receiver and managed to secure that ball. That was the I remember, was, that was the Philly game. Yeah, and that was a veteran type of play. Yeah. He didn't jump for it, nothing else. He played it exactly as he needed to, didn't worry about the receiver, ran right through it. <laughs> he ran and right through the receiver. He yeah, he did. And <laughs> and he managed to do it in a way that wouldn't draw my ball an interference penalty because the ball arrived pretty well at the same time for both of them. He was just the stronger player. Yeah, he was playing the but ball. That was a tremendous play. Yeah, exactly. That was a terrific play. It was a veteran type of play. And this safety position, I mean, you can argue that HaHa Clinton Dix is one of the best safeties in the league. You can argue that Morgan Burnett is at least a top ten guy in the league and is greatly underappreciated. Very underrated. But from the top to bottom depth, yeah, extremely. But top to bottom depth, I think our safety position is the deepest at that position out of any team in the league from top to bottom talent-wise. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, I would have to go back and kind of look at everybody else's depth chart. Uh, you know, I don't really know them off the top yeah. of my head. But, you know, there's, you know, not a lot of weakness here. You know, with... with no. You know, if your backups are Marwin Evans, Josh Jones, Kentrell Bryce, and, <laughs> I mean... I think know. you're fine. Yeah, I think we're good. I think, you know, which, you well, know... Bryce had the big interception in the Denver game. Yeah. And Bryce, I mean, Bryce really earned a lot of playing time last year. So he's yeah. he's already well uh well adjusted to this defense already. The Packers did release uh, Aaron Taylor, Jermaine Whitehead. Jermaine Whitehead didn't uh, it did end up on the practice squad as we talked about earlier. But uh you know, uh, I thought Aaron Taylor played a pretty pretty good preseason too. Uh, yeah, it wouldn't uh surprise me at all definitely to see him end up on another team's practice squad at all. I think yeah. he'll he'll end up somewhere. Yeah, I, I just I just think I just liked what I saw from the secondary as a whole. Uh, this priest, I mean, what was the statistic? How many turnovers did they have this year? I think they had like nine or ten turnovers in the preseason. Yeah, and you know, not only that, but um, they they had more opportunities. And Dom Capers and Mike McCarthy have both touched on this. They had more opportunities for picks that they didn't get, and they recovered three fumbles in the preseason. Here's a number to stick out to you. I think they forced something like eight or nine fumbles. Yeah. In the preseason. And they only recovered three, so that's a number you want to see increase. You know, go up <laughs> when you're forcing that many fumbles. But it's very encouraging. Yeah. And I mean So even if this defense assumes a type of bend but don't break mentality even if that's even if the pass is more bend but don't break, and they are holding teams to field goals, I'm not worried about the run defense. But if they can force those kind of turnovers, even with that type of play style, they're they're going to be what we need them to be. I yeah. just you just got to hope it all comes together. Yeah, I, I think if I don't know, I feel good about the defense this year. Just from watching the preseason, I feel better about it this year than I did last year. Yeah, and looking at what we got, I feel I feel good about the defense this year. I feel good 
about the punter this year. <laughs> yeah, and we talked about we talked about on last episode your uh, we talked about the punting the punting position and, and your your issue with Vogel and his his issue was hang time. Did he get some hang time in, in this last preseason game or what? I feel like every punt he punted, it was yeah. a five or six seconds of hang time every and damn he one showed, He showed the consistency yeah. that I wanted to see from him in this last preseason game. And you raised a good point the last time we talked about him. I don't think we're going to see this team having to punt very often from deep in their own territory. So with Vogel, he did show he is accurate. So if he can pin teams inside their 20, mm-hmm. because you know, you're going to get more hang time if you're at least closer to that side of the field because you're going to be able to just put it up higher and not worry as much about distance. But I think if, if Vogel stays decently consistent with what he showed in that last preseason game, there are going to be a lot of teams that when the time does come for us to punt, they're not going to end up in a very good situation. As no. far as where they're starting in the field. I mean, even if, you know, even if the Packers do punt, let's say they, they, they get a first down and then it fizzles out and they got to, you know, they got to punt it away at the 30 or something like that. You know, he's not going to boom it deep, but you don't really want that. Uh, because if you boom it too deep, you, you outkick the coverage. You just want the good hang yeah. time. If he can continue with the hang time that he had uh, against the Rams and just, you know, make sure that, the 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 kick return team doesn't get a chance to return it, you know. Only only when you can just keep it up like that, when you can kick it up high and get the hang time, and, and the ball comes down, and the guy either has to fair catch it or he's got to catch it and make something happen with a crowd of defenders around him. Only good things can happen from that. You're yeah. either going to get a fumble, you're you're just going to get, you know, you're uh, going to get muffed punts yeah. where guys are going to sit here and the footsteps are going to be so close, they're going to try to take it, but their eyes are already going to be off the ball and they're going to drop it. And, you know, you're going to get a lot of fair catches. Yeah. You're just going to get a lot of non-returns because defenders are already going to be in the guy's face. And I'm okay with that. If our defense plays as well as they played in the preseason, uh, I'll I'll be fine with that. I think think just the the idea of punting – you know, like the the Marquette Kings of the world that are, uh, you know, yeah. really big legs that can punt from 20 to 20. Um, that's a little overrated for me. I don't know. I, I think it's a little bit more, you know, a little more accuracy well, and, and more of a fan of. I don't know. And uh, a big thing that's going to be, that it will be, continue to be, and has been a big help to both Mason Crosby and Justin Vogel in the preseason is to steal your line from it from a few weeks ago is the Packers got everything good with the long snapper position. <laughs> they brought back Brett Good. He is the long snapper once again, which we are both really big fans of. Yeah. And that really turned both Mason Crosby and Vogel's preseason around when they brought Good back in. Yeah, it was it was pretty apparent. So going all the way back to the family night game where Crosby missed like I think it was six. Yes, yeah, very un Mason Crosby like. Uh, they bring Good in, and it, it's it's like a well oiled well oiled machine again. Um, but yeah, I I thought that was a very good signing. Thank you very much. Oh yeah. 
Uh, and, you know, just to, to round it all out, we've talked about the practice squad. We've talked about the special teamers now. Uh, Geronimo Allison is on the reserve suspended list for that one week. The two players on the reserve slash pup list are Vince Beagle and Dimitri Goodson. So they'll have to figure out what to do with Goodson. Talk about a cockroach you can't exterminate. Yeah, another one. <laughs> and then on uh, injured reserve, we've got fullback Joe Carriage and linebacker David Talley. David Talley. David Talley just sounds like an old school, like, nine like 90s Packers player. Yeah. David Talley. David Talley. Who am, I, who am I thinking of? I think he was a former Bill Talley. That sounds accurate. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember who it was, but I don't know. But yeah, I mean, so Mike, let me ask you, what if you had to give it a grade right now, how would you grade what appears to be the 53-man roster for the Packers at this point? Uh, well, like I said, the the outside linebackers are s- still a question mark for me. Um, I think the D-line is going to be fierce. I think the cornerback position is going to be greatly improved. I think the safety position is fierce. Uh, outside linebacker, offensive line, Running back, uh, it's still wait and see for me on those three. But everything else, I feel like, you know, the wide receiver room, especially when Geronimo Allison comes back, I think we're set there. Uh, quarterback, obviously, I think we're good. The tight end position is the best is the best it's been in years uh, with Bennett, Kendricks, and Rodgers. Um, I guess I would say overall, I'll give it a strong B+. Plus. I I feel like the the lack of depth on the offensive line uh, is a negative. I feel like the just just the the great unknown of the outside linebacker outside of Clay Matthews and Nick Perry right now is a bit of a negative. Um and just the the like the unknown running back situation. You know, you got three rookies yeah. and, a, and a former wide receiver. Um uh me personally, Boy, I would. I would be working hard to just shake that this year. Yeah, me personally, I would. I would have felt a little more comfortable if they would have brought in at least one veteran running back. You know, yeah, it doesn't got to be. You didn't have to bring Adrian Peterson or anything, but you know, just just a guy who's done it before. You know, um, yeah, just a guy who's been there at the position. Yeah. Um, so I'll give it a B plus, though. I feel like uh, other than those, those, I feel like. There are three or four positions right now that are deep from beginning to end, which is yeah. rare. <laughs> yeah, very rare. But what say you? Um, you know, I'm I'm right there with you. Although I was a little a little bit more tentative on another position, I give the overall roster a B for now. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that improves as the season goes on, and I you know I'd love to be able to give them an A plus by the end of the season. But running back is a question mark for me. Uh, the depth on the O line is a red flag. Outside linebacker with its depth and its unknowns is a question mark. And I am tentatively optimistic about the cornerbacks, but they do still remain a bit more of a question for me. Yeah. As far as regular season action goes. Like but I said, I'm trying to be optimistic. Else on here. The, 
Try oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I'm I'm still trying to be optimistic with it. They are just still more of a question for me than an answer. Yeah. At this point. But overall, of course, we've got Rodgers. I'm confident in Hundley if he has to come in to not lose a game. I wouldn't go that far. I'm confident that he'll come in and not come out and just lose a game because he's in the game. I'm confident that he could at least be efficient enough to likely not make huge mistakes. Yeah. And, you know, Brian made a good point when it comes to Brett Hundley, too, on the show on Monday um, when I did Railbird Central. Uh, it'd be nice to see Brett Hundley, you know, get some real game action with the ones. With you Get your starters out there with Nelson and Cobb and you, oh, the yeah. first offensive line. And it'd be interesting to see how he does in that situation because we we've never really seen it. He's never had to come in and, uh, and play, play for an, an injured Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers has been healthy. Well, I mean, even if we saw them get a big enough lead like we did a couple years ago when they were blowing some people out, you know, if they put up 40 points in the first half against the Bears or something like that and then let Hundley come in and play most of the fourth quarter even. But uh, I feel good about that. The receiver room, I feel great about. Tight ends, I feel great about. The D-line, the inside linebackers, and the safeties, I feel great about. Overall, those positions made it enough and did enough good for me to give the team a B. Yeah, I feel good about that. Yeah, I think I, <clears throat> I think we're pretty much on the same page here. Um, so yeah, I'm just ready to get the season started. Preseason's over, training camp's over, all the the speculation is about to come to an end. It's like Christmas. We don't know what we're gonna get. Well, as a, this could be this could be a complete disastrous year, and it could be the year that Mike McCarthy loses his job and Ted Thompson loses his job. And <laughs> you went completely <laughs> in the other direction there. But you know what? This was our last Sunday without football, and as my my journalistic idol, the great Vic, uh, Vic Ketchman has always liked to say, and he used to quote one of his friends. Right before kickoff, the baloney stops here. Except he didn't say baloney. <laughs> I'm I'm ready for the baloney to stop. It's, it's next Sunday can't get here fast enough. Yes, but we still got one more stop before the game next Sunday. We will be back later this week for yet another show. Yes, I know we're beginning. We're, 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 there's going to be so much blue cheese. It's going to be pouring out of your nose, folks. We will be back oh, yeah. later this week to preview Packers, Seahawks. Uh, week one, right around the corner, folks. We're going to get you all set and ready for it, including the, the spectacular return of stat lines. Um, yes, sir. Official return of stat lines. Uh, no more preseason edition, but the official return of stat lines. We'll have that and, and get you set, everything you need to know for week one of the 2017 Green Bay Packers regular season. Uh, but until then, you can follow us on Twitter at Blue Cheese Radio, at Titletown Tie, at Radiation Mike. Hit us up. Um, interact. We always love to interact with folks uh, on Twitter. Facebook.com backslash Blue Cheese Radio. Um, keep up with everything on there. Anytime a new show is posted, uh, you'll see it on Facebook first. Um, iTunes. Subscribe, leave us a five-star review. 
uh, we'll love you forever. Does a lot to help get the show out to more listeners, uh, get more uh, eyes on the product, I guess, if you will, or ears, however you want to put it. Um, and of course, the Blue Cheese Mailbag, open for business. Ask bluecheese at gmail.com. Send your questions to that. We will answer them on the show. Um, so, yeah. Uh, other than that, Ty, you got anything left you want to say? Anything uh, you want to put out to the fine um, folks before we get out of here? Well, you know, you talked about interacting. Welcome back, Frazier. Frazier's uh, back. He has resurfaced. <laughs> Frazier's back asking questions. Good to have you back, Frazier. And everybody, make sure you do turn in for that, uh, turn in, tune in for the week one show. We're going to have a little bit of a special Dragon Ball theme run through parts of the show in honor of the man beast Mike Daniels and even Eddie Lacy as the the two Dragon Ball fans clash in week one. So, yeah, excited. Who do you think weighs more now, Mike Daniels or Eddie Lacy? That's not right. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Eddie Lacy was caught eating a hot dog on the sideline the other day, so. Well, well. <sighs> He's not going to make those weight incentives. <laughs> He's already made them. You know, He's like, it's, eh, whatever. It's, it's going to be an interesting matchup, though. I can't wait to see it happen. It's going to be so, fun. Until then. It's going to be fun, and the, I can't wait for it. The tension's going to build. I can't wait for it. So until the next episode, before we do an official preview of the Eddie Lacy versus Mike Daniels showdown, uh, we're going to get out of here. We'll be back later this week. But until then, I'm Mike. And I'm Ty. And there is your dagger! And no, no, no. Here's how it's done. And there is your dagger!